Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Managing editor Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by my recruiting analyst Jared Hollis for BeaversEdge.com. Well, folks, it's finally here. The 2021 football schedule officially released. We got a full slate of Beaver football coming back this fall. 12-game schedule. Jared and I will obviously get into it. Some of the highlights right away is, uh, you know, again, 12 games feature six games at home, uh, a couple interesting road matchups, and Interestingly enough, the first time that uh, two teams will come to Corvallis for three consecutive seasons, lots of things to get into with the schedule. But Jared, as you saw it drop this morning, the Pac-12 was a little behind uh, the rest of the Power Five. In fact, the last to drop their schedules for this next year, but sometimes save the best for last. Am I right? What, uh, what were your initial thoughts uh, on the schedule? And uh, we'll get into it, obviously, as it goes. Yeah, so I said it on the board and I mean, really right away, I was just like, well, first of all, I thought it was kind of cool to see Purdue on there. I didn't know yeah. that was that was in the books. Thought that was cool. It's a nice game to to open the season with Purdue. Uh, while they're definitely a good program, that's certainly a game that I think is winnable, uh, but still would be viewed as a as a big win. Uh, so I think that'd be a great way and is a great way to get the season kicked off. Uh, but in general, you know, I, I said it on the damn board. I think there's a, I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and I'm uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. Case you're uh, just joining us here on the Edge Podcast, managing editor Brendan Slaughter, joined by Jared Hallis, recruiting analyst for BeaversEdge.com. We're going to get into and break down the 2021 schedule, uh, you know, in detail. As again, I mentioned, up to 12 games again, six games at Reeser Stadium, and you know, six games on the road. Jared, right off the bat, how does just how refreshing do you think it is just to see this schedule in place? Obviously, you know. A lot can happen. Last year, we saw the Pac-12 release, I think, three schedules before, you know, everything came together. But what does this tell you about, you know, having a full slate of games on the road and, you know, potentially the the confidence that the conference and other conferences have that this will be closer resembling to perhaps a normal year? Yeah. Well, one thing that I always take with me when I do things and maybe the, uh, the, the Pac-12 commissioners and, and you know, people in, in places to make these kind of calls, maybe I uh, took with them as well, is that you got to prepare for, for the things you want to prepare for. Like, so even if it's if, – if it's, you've been in a drought for 20 years, but you really need it to rain and you really want it to rain, prepare for the rain. And, and if the rain comes, then you'll be prepared. Uh, so in this scenario, it's like uh, they're preparing for the best. And I think that's super encouraging because, you know, again, there's no – no real signs at this point in time, at least, that things are really much different, I would say, than they were at this point, uh, or not at this point, rather, but when they were making the schedule uh, and about to get into the to the shortened season last year. It's not like much has really changed. Obviously, we've got vaccinations going out. Um, but for the most part, uh, you know, from what I can tell, and this is probably a very ignorant take because I don't check numbers or anything at all, but I've not heard of any significant decrease in cases. Uh, so from what I can tell, things are still the same, but again, you got to prepare for the best. Hopefully by the time September rolls around, we'll be, we'll be ready to go. And I think that's what they're planning for as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, in, in the case of, you know, the world at large and specifically, you know, the United States at large right now, um, we've, we've, we've seen across the country that, you know, it's, it's largely state dependent, right. And states have kind of made their own choices for, you know, it's no different than how we had Oregon that still hasn't had high school football and, you know, other states that did have high school football just based on how the specific situations and regulations and leadership was in place. So, 
for me, the most exciting thing about this was we're getting the non-conference games back. And that was something that was thrown off the table right away last year, just based on the fact that they, they knew they couldn't get enough state to state ordinance and travel to make everything like that happen. And, you know, in hindsight, 2020, you know, you know, who knows how things shook out probably for the best, but you know, it is what it is. And for me, when I look at this, Oregon state starts off the year, you know, at Purdue, you know, on the road, that's a, that's a marquee game. You know, I mean, it's not, you know, playing at Ohio state or, you know, playing someone even big time, but as far as like, a real it reminds me when they opened at minnesota a couple years or you know several years ago now just as far as a real good measurement game you're going into year four of the smith program and you know i mean we'll get in we'll get into it obviously more but uh yeah the non-conference games coming back into the fold great point in the case of oregon state uh you could tell this last year they really missed those non-conference games you know you look at that washington state game arguably a non-conference game before that game i'd say the beavers play a lot better maybe win that game so you know i think they have their place absolutely and the non-conference schedule shakes out perfectly in my opinion this year yeah like i said that's a that's a great take and and certainly something that you know you look at a schedule and you don't think anything of it until you're like wait a second we just came right. a season where there was no there was no non-conference games so definitely a good good thing to point out there and again super exciting and, and i completely agree like i was saying about purdue Great opportunity there. Get the feet wet, and then again in Hawaii, you know that's a that's another great game that they could win. Uh, and we'll, we'll go into the to the games game by game, I imagine. But uh, just looking at it uh, from from a outside perspective and from a bird's eye view right now, since it just got released, you know, again I see I definitely see some opportunity here for a, for a really good season. And one thing I wanted to address just before we get into a game by game is we know we're going to get you know asked it on the damn board you know a lot, and you know largely had to do with the news that was announced today. Big news across college football was, you know, Alabama athletic director Greg Byrne came out today and said he expects full capacity at, you know, Alabama Stadium, Bryant-Denny Stadium this year. And, um, you know, I think that kind of sets the precedent for for what normal is going to look like. And a lot of, you know, edgers have already been asking us, you know, hoping for fan attendance. It's obviously a much different scenario here on the West Coast. And as of right now, I still wouldn't, say I wouldn't rule it I wouldn't rule it out I think there's um plausible opportunity to be able to have everything start to fall in place by then you know there's a big there's some what ifs and a lot of things have to go right and all that but by no means would I look at the schedule and say there's no chance of fan attendance because I don't think that's true yeah and I don't either I think so we did get asked on in a, in a mailbag recently if, if we think there's going to be attendance and I went ahead and said yeah you know in some yeah. capacity I think there will be whether it's uh whether it's just families, which I think it'll honestly be more than that. I wouldn't be surprised to see even like 50, 75%, uh, you know, just as long as people are able to, to maintain a dense distance. But, hey, you never know what can happen in these next few months. This time right. last year, I didn't. I, I probably wouldn't <laughs> know what coronavirus was if you asked me what, what it was. We were still a couple of weeks away yeah. from, from really it surfacing and, and it becoming what it was here here in the United States. So, Definitely, uh, definitely possible for, for anything to happen within these next few months uh, or, or more than that, rather. So it's hard to say right now. Yeah, no, I think I think I think that's a good point. And, you know, specifically to, to Oregon, I remember the, the, the language of the guidance very specifically for when, you know, you know, 
concerts, sporting events could come back. And, and the language was when that vaccine is readily available. Right. And, you know, again, we see conversations, you know, pop up on the damn board all the time about, you know, vaccines and this and this and that. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's starting to trickle its way in. And, you know, I think, I think Oregon's been a little on the slower end. So a lot of things need to happen in order to kind of, you know, work towards more fan attendance, but bottom line for that, stay tuned. We'll obviously bring whatever, you know, new guidelines come our way, but based on, you know, the things that I'm hearing behind the scenes is that, you know, a lot of, you know, Oregon, Oregon state, they're planning to at least have fan attendance and in some way at the very least. And, We'll see what happens. So like Jared said, a lot can happen, but uh, I, I wouldn't rule out being able to attend games this year by any stretch. So we'll see what happens and uh, go from there. But getting into the schedule itself, the nitty gritty, if you will, Jared, right off the bat, September 4th playing at Purdue. Just what are your initial impressions on this game? We'll kind of just go uh, rapid fire and just kind of give a couple yeah. quick thoughts and, you know, don't need to predict anything this early in, in the game. <laughs> But uh, just whatever, whatever you think, man. Yeah, Purdue's, uh, again, it's an interesting game because they're a team that's, I think, respected for the most part, uh, especially maybe more outside of their conference probably. Uh, so it's a, it's a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, again, it's a, if you lose it, it's not the worst loss in the world. But if you win it, it probably looks a little bit better uh, on, on your schedule than, you know, beating a team like, like who they'll play the next week. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a great opportunity for sure. Yeah, I just I just like the opportunity to play a, a marquee power five opponent on the road. I think, you know, if this was, you know, year one of Jonathan Smith and you're opening at Ohio State, well, we can, you know, that's that's kind of closing your eyes a little bit. And, you know, the final score reflected that the program now is in a place where I think they're capable of being able to hold their own going to, you know, uh, I mean, like I'd say, at least a mid-tier program, you know, and being able to, you know, go into a place that I wouldn't say is like extremely difficult to win by any means. And, and at least being able to put together a, a solid performance in game one. I mean, again, playing a tough team right off the bat, you know, not a gimme team is hard or not, you know, difficult, but I think this last year, the Beavers played a fellow PAC 12 team right out the gate this year. Maybe they learned some lessons going into next year. So I think that, I think uh, a lot of good factors there, but definitely a winnable game. Hawaii coming up next after that, as far as this game goes, I think, um, I think the Beavers have definitely a little bit of a revenge factor, you know, coming back to the 2019 season when, you know, this, this was a game that they felt like they should have had, and it would have been the difference uh, between a bowl game and not granted Nick Rolovich, his staff aren't there anymore. But again, not much to say on this. I like Oregon state. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. My first thought immediately was back to the same game that, that you just mentioned as well. And so, again, while uh, it'll be a lot of different people on the field, uh, Coach Smith will certainly be letting them know. So it's, uh, it's definitely a great opportunity for sure. Coming up next, we got Idaho on September 16th. Or excuse me, I'm having to zoom in to see the schedule there. September 18th. My apologies there, folks. And, uh, again, this is another one of those games that I kind of see as – this is the gimme game on the schedule, even more so than Hawaii. No disrespect to Idaho, but we know why Idaho is on the schedule. And by the, if this was maybe the first game, I'd maybe, you know, question a little bit, but by the time third week of action, Oregon State won't struggle in this contest at all. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They'll, they'll have some experience under their belt. 
assuming everyone's uh, healthy for the most part at that point, then, then I certainly see uh, another win and uh, a strong possibility, uh, maybe not strong, but a, a moderately strong possibility to, uh, to be 3-0 headed into what would be a, a pretty big game uh, against USC. Great point. Jared, did you, did you take my point from the damn board about that? What did, what did you say? Exactly that. that, that and, and, uh, there is a path to a 3-0 start. I just thought you maybe give me credit for it. That's okay. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay, man. It's all good. No, all jokes aside, though, you know, I think it might have been um, OSU Beef on our board as well that maybe mentioned something along with the, the start as well. I can't remember a la- the last time on an Oregon State non-conference schedule when I've been able to say confidently that the game, all three games are winnable. Not saying they're going to win, but you look at these three games. All three of those games are winnable. Yeah, no question. Now, if you, you know, have Ohio State on the schedule or, you know, a a gauntlet-type game where it's a one-off, it's a little bit tougher. You know, Oregon State played Michigan in the past as well. But, you know, Purdue's a really good mid-tier test for this team. And then the other two, I think, are capable wins at home. Yeah, absolutely. Well, while we're talking about it, let's pull up USC's schedule real quick. Let's see what uh, let's see what they're looking like, and, and maybe it could be a matchup against three or two uh, two three and O teams there. And yes, was... as Jared mentions, yes the the Beavers will open at a Pac-12 play in the Coliseum September 25th, going up against the Trojans down in uh, Los Angeles. And I'm curious once uh, once Jared brings it up, but obviously the Trojans, okay. you just never know what to get with them. They feel like no. There are times they play really like up to their five-star talent under Clay Helton and times they play down to their competition. Historically, the Beavers have always been kind of the spoiler to USC, especially historically, but not so much on the road. I think uh, I'm questioning my Oregon state history. I want, I don't want to say the Beavers have never won in the Coliseum. If not, it might be once. But uh, either way, not exactly the most friendly place uh, for the Beavers historically. Uh, Jared, what do you got to, with the Trojan schedule? So it's going to be difficult. They've got, they've certainly got a, a harder path to three and zero than I would say Oregon State does with uh, with San Jose State to start their season. Mm, and, the uh, fighting play- Brent Brennan's man, got to give that that or that former Oregon State connection, Oregon State Southern campus. I like to call San Jose State. Then uh, then they play Stanford at home, followed by uh, Washington State on the road. So they've got a, a bit more difficult start, yeah, I would say. No kidding. Hmm. So, so two conference games for them and then in San Jose State. So, I, I mean, could they do it? 100%. Those are all three, I would say, winnable games too. And, you know, to your point, USC has definitely a, a, a been a, a roller coaster of a team recently. So it's hard to, hard to predict what could happen there. Uh, but one thing's for sure is that they've been recruiting much better recently, much yeah. better recently. So, yeah, and, uh, and, and take that from the recruiting analyst, Jared, and, and as well as me, USC has been hot lately. Yeah, it's, it's honestly been pretty crazy to see their 2021 class and uh, 2022 even looking pretty strong. So they're definitely uh, doing the, the things that you need to do to, to get to a point where they're consistently winning again. Uh, but for now, for this season's sake, I think, uh, I think it's another game that you could definitely put in the, in the winnable category. Again, not going to make a prediction, but uh, it's, it's a winnable game. Yeah, I see it the same way. I, I didn't know the USC's schedule coming in. I hadn't specifically looked at it. So knowing that Oregon State's not their conference opener, I think that's uh, I think that could favor Oregon State. You know, USC might not get quite as hyped up for it as they will. I believe you said Stanford in week two. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a game between those two teams 
always a great game when they play earlier in the year. So, you know, we'll see what happens because, uh, yeah, I mean, either way, though, I, I'm I, again, a game that I think might be there. We'll see how the Trojans play. But bottom line, it is a tough place to play down in the Coliseum. And, you know, Beavers struggled down there. So I think that'll be a tough game. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, on to game number five. Washington coming to Corvallis. Is this the year Jonathan Smith gets his uh, payback towards the uh, Husky program? Hard to say. I mean, this is this just right off the bat coming off of USC. Um, Washington, they could have a really, really good team. I think they and Oregon are going to be in the favorites in the North just right off the bat. Um, it's going to be a tough game, even at home. Yeah, yeah. Washington's a good team, and they're uh, they're certainly probably on the uptrend more so than they were uh, a couple of years ago. So I think Oregon state's best chances to beat them may have, uh, may have gone. If you're talking about like matching up against a, a less, lesser of a team, could they beat them this year? 100%. I think Oregon state's training in the same direction. So uh, it's hard to say, uh, but certainly a, a tough game there against Washington. Yeah. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that game was extremely close in Seattle this last year and, you know, everything, you know, everything about this last year was just different. So it's kind of hard to take that as a sample size into potentially a normal year. But, uh, you know, they matched up well last year. You know, Beavers could very easily sneak that game in Corvallis as well. So another intriguing matchup uh, over to October 9th. Beavers travel up to Pullman to face uh, Nick Rolovich and company. Uh, another frustration game for the Beavers last year. You got to imagine they're maybe going to have this one circled. Um, they're lucky to play in Pullman early in the year. Not going to be a lot of snow, obviously, up there in uh, October. So, again, another uh, very intriguing matchup and another winnable game, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, another good contest. And, again, like you said, a game that's been close the past couple of years. So, uh, definitely one that I'm sure Coach Smith and the crew will want to win. So, uh, definitely one to watch for, for sure. Uh, up next on the schedule, another home game coming up against Utah. Again, another game this last year that really is probably going to stick with the Beavers uh, as, again, as they fell in Salt Lake City and uh, Jamar Jefferson was not available to them in that game. And, again, another real tough one. Close Utah, game. Or, go ahead, Jared. Sorry. I was just saying, yeah, close game, though. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I look at this game as another one where, you know, Utah, very good team usually every year, especially on defense physical, a game where you're going to get beat up you know, just in general, you're going to come out of that game with some bumps and bruises. Uh, you, anytime I see Utah on the schedule, that's a tough game. I'll just leave it at that. Utah is going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a hard nosed team, disciplined team. Uh, so it's a it's a difficult game, but certainly one again that I'd probably still put in the winnable category. I don't think they're a team that you're like, okay, we've got no chance. I don't think I don't think they're at that level. I don't think any team on the schedule is at that level at this point. Maybe a few years ago, but not anymore. Good point. Uh, so, uh, while they're, they're a good team, yes, but another game, again, that, that Coach Smith's not been able to win yet. So, probably one that, that he's definitely looking at uh, attacking. That's a great point, Jared. And I just – I want to – I don't want to get too far on this tangent, but I just want to illustrate your point because it was such a great one. Not to, you know, kid ourselves or anything. There's – I see the potential for – maybe two of these teams to be preseason ranked top 25 being Oregon and USC. And that just leads me to believe kind of maybe Utah. Yeah. Utah may get in there. And I thought Washington might have a case as well, but 
maybe Arizona state, but I just, I don't think there may be one, it may be one team. And I, I just think compared to a couple years ago, when Utah was dominant, Washington was dominant. Uh, Washington state was at their peak under Mike Leach. Um, you know, Stanford was still rolling under David Shaw. The conference is starting to shift a little bit. I mean, and you know, we'll get into it a little bit later with, you know, our second to next opponent, but there are some, you know, new faces starting to rise up in the conference and, one of them coming up the following that Utah game is going to be Cal Oregon state now taken two straight from Cal, you know, Justin Wilcox and the Cal bears are going to have this game circled for the reason that I just mentioned a couple of tough losses to Oregon state. Yeah. I remember, uh, I remember talking last year with, uh, with Timmy Hernandez and like looking at the schedule and we were talking about Cal and I was just like, I don't I don't remember if I said it was going to be a win or a loss. At this point, we were close enough to where we were making predictions. But uh, like you said, man, it's definitely a game that it's like it's pretty good when you think about it. I mean, Gal, while they've not been the, the best they've been recently, still a really great win, especially to, to have multiple years in a row. So if you can if you can carry that on and, and if Oregon State could have a, a good record heading into this game, maybe this would be the game that's like Okay, we win this, we're bowl eligible, which I could see. I could honestly yeah. see happening at this point in the season. Uh, then could be a great matchup. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, truthfully, you know, it's it's kind of interesting, but you know, I got to bring it up just for historical sake. Last time Oregon State went to a bowl game in 2013, started the year six and one. Started actually, let me rephrase: lost the first game of the year, then won six straight to reach bowl eligibility. So, you know. Maybe maybe something interesting happens, you know, this year where the Beavers, you know, get to bowl eligibility er, earlier than normal because, you know, I would argue, and we'll get into it, the back half of the schedule is a lot more backloaded than, say, the beginning where I think there are more opportunities for wins. And, you know, the schedule I do, I do think tightens up, as we just mentioned, uh, matchups against uh, Utah and then Cal. And then to start off November, go on the road to Colorado and Boulder again, um, Oregon State hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't played Colorado since the, you know, infamous win a couple of years ago in Boulder. But uh, again, another interesting game. Colorado was surprisingly good this last year. And I, it's hard to know what to make of them coming into this next year. You know, Carl Durrell will be in the second year as the Buffs head coach. Um, you know, uh, another potentially winnable game, you know, just, just kind of chalks up to a lot of these other ones. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way to say it. It's still probably too early at this point to really see. I, I just mean it in, in his era at Colorado to see the direction that they're headed in. Good point. So, uh, it's a, it's definitely a hard one to call, but another one you throw in that winnable category. Absolutely. Coming in uh, next, Oregon State will return home for the first two home games in a row, take on Stanford. And as I mentioned, Stanford coming to Corvallis. And again, I had to to almost just think about this when it came out because Stanford and Arizona State coming to Corvallis for the third straight season. Do you think those guys want to have Oregon State on their home turf yet? Starting yeah. with the Cardinal uh, on the 13th of November. Stanford, not what they once were, but again, they've I've seen you know they've been you know on the uptick as far as the recruiting trail recently, and uh, you know David Shaw, dean of Pac-12 coaches. You know that's that's always a tough game. Yeah, it's uh, they're they're a good program, and like you said, they historically recruit pretty well and have been doing all right uh, in that front lately. So definitely a team that you can't really count out of any games they play. And uh, great point, a close one for Oregon State last year. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, 
was close the year before that as well. Uh, so certainly a game that, that you want to keep an eye on if you're Oregon State. Like you pointed out, the first of, a, of two straight at home uh, to kind of wrap up the season, which I think is advantageous when you look at it as two of their final three are at home and two of their Great first point. three are also at home. So I mean, you're, you're playing the what, what a lot of people would argue is super important games being your first few and your last few. Uh, you know, you're, you're playing four out of the six of them at home. So good looks there and uh, definitely a, a good good path to, to victory for Oregon State. Great point. Uh, um, and, you know, coming up after Stanford, Arizona State, as, as, as you mentioned, the second of that uh, two-game uh, homestand, uh, Arizona State, again, I'm just going to say, you know, I, I, I get Arizona State beat the Beavers this last year, but typically Arizona State, not a fan of coming up to Oregon in November, just in general. Like that's that, that's not their jam. And again, end of November and, yeah. you know, uh, obviously Herm Edwards and, you know, I think they, they've got one of the better quarterbacks, if not maybe the best quarterback in the Pac-12, but typically the Beavers have felt, fared well against Arizona State in Reeser Stadium in November. Yeah, they're, they're a good team for sure. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, J JT Daniels, JT Daniels, that's Georgia's quarterback. What the heck am I talking about? <laughs> JT Daniels played at USC. Maybe yes. that's why I got it all got it all confused. But yeah, they've got they've definitely got a, a great team over there. And Herm Edwards has definitely got them trending up in the right direction. Uh so it's a it's a good it's a good game to to watch for. Yeah. I think in the past I would have said it's uh like I think I remember even saying like, okay, this is a win. This year I'm not too sure I can say that uh for certain. But uh, certainly another one. Again, you know, there's probably you can throw all twelve in the winnable category. Yeah, you could. <laughs> but, but this is just another one that you got to just wait. Hey, Beaver's Edge, you heard it here first from Jared Hollis. Twelve and zero for these people. <laughs> hey, I didn't say it, but it's possible. It certainly is possible. There's other there's other teams in the country that have a a smaller chance of going twelve and zero than Oregon State. That's for certain. Yep, I, I, I can't help but think of, you know, Jim Carrey. So you're telling me there's a chance. Jim. There's a chance. <laughs> no, so again, Oregon State wraps up. There'll be senior day, uh, Arizona State. And again, uh, a couple of things that came to mind right away is that could be a potentially impactful senior day with a lot of people that are, you know, wrapping up their college careers and came back. And then it'll be wrapped up November 27th in Eugene against Oregon, where Oregon State is the reigning rivalry game champion. I got a feeling that's going to be a, a dandy of a game and we'll obviously predict it as it gets closer, but uh, all in all for me, the, the, you know, just last thing, as far as the 12 games themselves, you know, all 12 games are winnable. That's first thing. Uh, I, second thing, I think it shakes out very favorably for the Beavers. Third thing, I think there's ideal opportunities to get recruits on the sidelines in Corvallis, potentially when the weather is nice you know, I look at that Hawaii game, that Idaho game, that Washington game. We obviously don't know what's you know going to happen with official visits and all that. But optimistically thinking and speaking, you know, if you can get Oregon State's recruits on those sidelines before the weather gets a little bit more gnarly, I think that's always advantageous. So I think that's something that works in their favor, too. And then uh, lastly, as Jared mentioned, the way it shakes out with the home and road balance, I think that's very favorable as well. So a lot to like about this schedule, and I'm sure this won't be the only podcast Jared and I do uh, breaking it down between now and uh, September. No, it certainly won't. We'll definitely we'll definitely start to to throw some predictions out there once it gets closer, once we start to see how the teams are really starting to to look roster wise and just everything wise. Uh, once the time gets gets a little bit sooner, 
as you said, lots of opportunity here. Personally, I think it's uh, it's bowler bust for, for Oregon State this Agreed. year. Uh, there's definitely definitely six winnable games on this schedule and six games that they should win on the schedule. So I'm uh, I'm I'm hopeful for for what will happen. Uh, as you mentioned, there's there's just a bunch of great opportunities here. So I'm excited to see how it all will unfold. And uh, you know where you know where to be when when the time comes. Absolutely. And as Jared mentioned, stick it right here, beaversedge.com. Keep it locked for all your Oregon State stuff. Again, we've uh, got a lot of exciting things coming up. Oregon State baseball in the midst of a very impressive start to the season and both basketball teams uh, fighting for the postseason. And obviously all the recruiting stuff Jared and I you know, bring to the table in addition to looking ahead to this next year. So exciting times, beaversedge.com. Make sure to stay locked to Jared and I. And uh, again, thanks for tuning in for this edition of the Edge podcast, breaking down the 2021 schedule. Thanks for listening.